Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Well, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. For those of you who do not know me, I'm Pastor Stephen Furr. I'm the teaching pastor here at this awesome church. Garfield Memorial Church. We're one church in three awesome locations here in Pepper Pike, in South Euclid, and Liberia. We're glad to be with you here today, and this is Baptism Sunday. I think it's pretty cool that we are worshiping at home. Where's the best place to worship? At your house. Doesn't matter much what happens at the church. That's fantastic, but the glory of God needs to be at your address. Amen. The glory of God's at your address. We're all, that's ground zero. That's where it all goes down is in the house. So you're in the right place. It's the right time and you're with the right people as we worship together in the Lord. Well, today is Baptism Sunday here at Garfield. And I am so excited. I tell you, this is an awesome time. Typically, uh, when we preach, uh, us preachers get together, we want to come up with some provocative title uh, so you will remember the sermon. Well, today is not one of those days. I'm going to be as simple as pie today. I'm going to minister on the significance of water baptism. The significance of water baptism. Let me share a little story with you before I jump into the text here. I grew up in, a, in an awesome church, and I, and I love my church. I'm still a part of the Church of God in Christ. And, of course, we're Pentecostal holiness people. And uh, we love praising God and, and praying in the Holy Ghost and, you know, having those Holy Ghost moments. And some of you know what I'm talking about. And, and so when I was 12 years old and I went to get baptized, I was scared. I, I wasn't scared of going in the water because I went swimming all the time. But I was afraid that when they put me under the water, they was going to start jumping and shouting and talking in tongues and going all in. And, 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 and they're going to forget that I was down there, man. And so I was, I was scared, you know. And so my baptism initially at 12 years old was wrought with a little bit of fear. But I'm grateful today as we go to the word, that as we go to the scriptures, that we are able to find the significance of water baptism. You know, at, at the end of this service, we have an opportunity to, to be thankful and reaffirm our baptism. For those of you who have already had a person say to me, you know, uh, put my name on the list. When we come back together, I want to go down in the water. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. That's awesome. So we're, we're going to go to the word now. Uh, now, the, the scripture uh, in, in Romans, I'm going to read it again, and I want to give you some context here, because I think the context is relevant to our presentation. Romans 6 and 1, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Uh, now, now, the reason why Paul is asking this question is that he started, a, there's a conversation going on back in Romans chapter 5 that you need to be aware of. Of course, we added the chapters and verses to make the Bible a little more readable. But Paul is, is going through this discussion and he's talking about the power of grace. And, and he makes some points about grace that are so powerful. So it kind of sounds like Paul is saying, man, go for it. You know, sin, because where sin did abound, grace does that much more abound. And so he made such a powerful statement concerning the grace of God that, that it sounded like Paul was kind of saying, look, sin doesn't matter. Well, so this is why we get verse one. He says, well, what shall we say then? 
Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he answers the question, God forbid, certainly not. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? And then he begins to use baptism to explain really the statement he made earlier. How can we which are dead to sin live any longer in it? And so he uses baptism. He refers to baptism to teach the spiritual truths around water baptism. You know, it's not about just getting wet. You know, just like communion is not about crackers and juice. Uh, baptism is not just about getting wet. It's not some little uh, compulsory thing we do just to say, well, I got in the water and got into the water and out of the water. But Paul begins to open up truths, spiritual realities around the water baptism and what it represents for the believer. All right? So what we find is that Paul uses water baptism and explains to us that it is, is water baptism establishes our relationship with God. That was the beginning point for all believers. At that, in that time, the beginning point for all believers was water baptism. Well, why is that, Pastor Fur? Because Jesus taught in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and he said unto them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. In Matthew 28, 19, he says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. So Jesus taught that this is the beginning of the walk of the believer, to believe on him, to believe on his name, and be baptized. What I find interesting about this, of course, is that baptism was not a new thing. Uh, Jesus himself was baptized. It's not a new thing. And then Jesus doesn't give us a whole lot more insight about why he said be baptized. He just said be baptized. What I think is awesome about this is that this really, water baptism is the first act of worship for a new believer. It's the first time where we establish that Jesus is Lord. And listen, for those of you who, who, who struggle with terms like Lord and God and all that. Look, Lord is simple. Lord means I tell you what to do and you do it. That's what Lord means. Lord means I said it, you do it. Well, why? Because I said so. I, I have a house full of grandchildren right now, about five of them running around my house, and, and I, I kind of feel like, you know, you know, Moses, you know, let my people go. Lord, let me, let me go. Uh, but at any rate, you start telling these kids what to do, and they start asking questions. Well, why, Pop Pop? Why can't we run it? And finally, you just say, listen, because I said so. I am the daddy. I am the Pop Pop. I said so, it shall be so. So let it be written, so let it be done. Well, see, that's how the Lord is. He says, be baptized. Well, why? Because I said so. And so basically what it comes down to is that if I believe Jesus, watch this, is Lord, and I believe he is who he says he is, then I should do what he says he tells me to do because he is Lord. And so a person to reject water baptism after saying Jesus is Lord, those two things simply don't go together. Water baptism establishes our relationship with the Lord, and Paul uses it as he says, know ye not as many of you who were baptized, referring to a common point, we're baptized into his death. The second point I want to make about water baptism 
first, it establishes our relationship with God. The second thing it does, it helps us to understand our place with God. Our, we understand our relationship with God through water baptism. Look at the text. It says, know ye not that so many of us who were baptized into Jesus were baptized into his death. Look at the word into. I didn't just get in the water. When I was baptized, a spiritual event took place where I was actually baptized into Jesus. Listen, folks, Christianity is not simply I ascribe to these cool ideas and maybe God hears me, maybe he doesn't, and, and I'm, I'm spending the rest of my life climbing high mountains trying to get home and all of that. No, 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 no. When you were baptized... Spiritually so, you were literally baptized, the scripture says, baptized into Jesus Christ. Didn't you know that? Listen, it's a question. I have to be honest. I have to be honest. The answer is no. Well, Stephen, didn't you know that when you were baptized, you were baptized into Christ? That there's a spiritual union that took place? That you were in Christ, you're in Christ, and Christ is in you? No, I didn't know that. Well, now I do. So the significance of water baptism is that it gives me a picture of a spiritual reality that is taking place. I am in Christ. I am in Christ. Second Corinthians 517 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and behold, all things become new. I am in Christ. Just because I can't hold God don't mean God can't hold me. I'm in Christ. Jesus teaches it over and over in different ways. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch in me he, that bears fruit, he purges it that it brings forth more fruit. I am in Christ. The same life that's in Christ is in me. I'm in Christ. Know ye not, as many of you were baptized into Jesus, were baptized into his death. Water baptism helps us to understand, watch this, that in Christ we die. So if I'm in Christ, look at it this way. In in Christ we die. In Christ we're buried. Watch this. In Christ we rose. In Christ, we died. In Christ, we're buried. And when Jesus got up, we got up. Oh, that's the goal. And water baptism gives you a, 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 a time and place reality experience of this was the day when I believed on Jesus. I think about when we got married, Beverly and I got married, you know, with as much pomp and circumstance as two broke people could do, we got married. She had on white. She was beautiful in white, and I was beautiful in white. But I, I remember that the shoes that they got for me were too small, and my feet were hurting the whole ceremony. And it was a long ceremony. But this is what I remember. I walked into the sanctuary unmarried. I left married. I walked in. Now, now the marriage event itself really didn't marry us. 
What really married us was what was happening in our hearts. What really married us was a spiritual thing that happened in our heart. The ceremony was a what? A representation. It was an opportunity to celebrate publicly what had happened privately. What water baptism is, it is a time to celebrate publicly what has happened privately in our heart. It's a time where I turned away from the world, the world behind me and the cross before me, and I celebrate and I identify with Christ in person and to the world that I am a believer. Dead in Christ, risen in Christ. It helps us understand our relationship. Paul says it a different way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, but God, who was rich in mercy, for the great love wherewith he loved us, listen to this, even when we were dead, we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. So when Christ was quickened, us dead folks got quickened too. It was night of the living dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. I see dead men walking. When I come to worship, I see folk who were dead and now they live. We're not zombies though. Uh, we're not decaying, my friend. But, but we, we're walking in the life of God. He has quickened us together with Christ by grace you are saved and have raised us up together. And made us sit together. You know, you have to learn how to sit with people on earth. You worry about black people and red people and orange people. You have no color. You're a spirit. You live in a body. Why would the people of the church let things like race divide them? That's the most earthly, silly thing in the world. You're now a holy priesthood. You're a royal nation. You're a peculiar people. The unity has already happened. It's happened in Christ. We've been made to drink into one spirit. And he did that. We're one body in Christ. Praise the Lord. Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Jesus Christ. So the water baptism gives us a picture of our relationship. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. Watch this. And since I'm there, I'm, I want to park my car there just for a second. Not only am I one with Christ, I'm one with everybody who's in Christ. Right. Amen. When we, it, it, we, when we do the communion, the Lord's Supper, and the water baptism, it, it teaches us two truths. The first truth is that I'm one with Christ, and he did that. I didn't do that. He did that. Then he made us a drink from the same cup. He did that. I didn't do that. So we don't have to create unity. He already did the unity piece. He already fixed that. He already done that. We just have to walk in it. We have to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And so when things come against us that make us, that, that pushes against unity, we have to raise up and say something about that. Oh, you don't talk about my brother and my sister like that. Wait, wait, whoa, hang on now. You have to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. You don't have to create the unity. Jesus created the unity. You just have to keep it in the bond of peace. So baptism, we celebrate that we are with him and them. These be my people. Amen. My brother from another mother. Amen. These be my people. Let me move on because I'm getting a little preacherly here, but... Through water baptism, we understand our relationship. Number three, watch this. Rising out of the water foreshadows our new life in Christ. 
Now, keep in mind that Paul is teaching this in the context of how shall we live. When I come out of that water, and here we're thinking more like immersion, and that's not really the issue. The issue is, as I come out of this water, it's like coming out to new life. Notice what the text says. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. This is how he stated in the same chapter, verse 9. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him, for in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Look at verse 11. Likewise, just like that, Reckon ye yourselves or rely upon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God through Jesus Christ. I'm dead to sin. Doesn't mean I can't sin. I'm, I don't live a lot. I don't pursue it and, 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 and snap my suspenders because I cussed you out real good. I'm dead to sin. I may fall off the wagon sometime, but I'm dead to sin. And sin don't have to have dominion over me. Listen, my brother, my sister, no matter how you were raised, once you come into Christ, that stuff is gone. Somebody told you you was better than somebody. Somebody told you you was worse than somebody. It doesn't matter how you were raised in your natural life, but once you come into Christ, you can die to all of that and be brand new. You don't have to walk in hate and division and anger and bitterness. You're dead to that. That's not who you are anymore. That's why Paul is saying, didn't you know? You're dead to that. See, the devil wants to convince you that all you are is black. All you are is black. You just live in a black skin, man. You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You're in Christ. You have, you're a new ethnicity. Called holy. My God. Hallelujah. You're a brand new ethnos. You're called holy. Kill your people, a holy nation. And so this skin I'm in is just this skin I'm in. You don't have to walk in those things. You don't have to be bound by those earthly things. These earthly designations. Coming out of the baptismal waters foreshadows our new life in Christ. God, in his infinite wisdom, chose water to be the constant reminder of what he has done for us. I thought about this because I grew up swimming in swimming pools a lot because when my mama wanted to get rid of us, y'all go to the pool. Now, a whole lot of folk don't know how to swim, but we had to learn how to swim or we'd be bored at the pool. Have you ever thought about this? How few times you're immersed in water completely? Have you ever thought about that? It's rare. I mean, we get water on you, but that's not immersed. See, in other words, if I, if I dunk you, we used to play this game, we dunk one another. Being immersed in water is a rare experience, so much so that every time you did it, you probably remember. You see what the Lord has done? He took baptism. In those days, it was by immersion. Remember, they were, they were baptizing people in the Jordan River. Boy, I never forget that. What we're doing today is we're remembering our baptism. I would never forget that. And guess what? As much as I joke about it, I'll never forget when I got baptized. 
that day. I told you how it was. I was scared because I thought they was going to be down there talking and talking. Well, to, to finish the story and to be fair to them, they, they, did not, they didn't do all of that. They just took me in and brought me back under. But, I, but all of my, my memory of that moment. The other thing I remember is this. And they, they didn't do it at our church, but other churches do. They sing this song, Take Me to the Water. And you take me to the water. Take me to the water. Yeah, I'm singing it with an accent because I sing it. Take me to the water to be baptized. And then they sploosh. Next person. Take me. Okay. Oh, come on. Man, listen, if you have not experienced a water baptism service like at Garfield, man, you got to come. You got to come. It's awesome. Man, we're, we're praising God. People are cheering because that's how it should be. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. I was dead, and now I'm alive. Hallelujah. I'm brand new in Jesus. Thank you, God. Hey, the Browns don't deserve that kind of praise, but Jesus does. The Cavaliers don't deserve that kind of praise, but Jesus does. I'm brand new in Jesus. The water baptism gives us a picture of that. So there's a significance. Water baptism is the practical demonstration of our spiritual reality that we are in Christ and Christ is in us. And now we can live a brand new life. Watch this. It's going to blow your mind. Sin has no more dominion over you than it has over Jesus. That's exactly what he said. It doesn't have to dominate you. It's there, but it's not in here. Let me say this, and I'm out there now, Pastor Chip, so I might as well go on. I live in Cleveland Heights, and Cleveland Heights is a great community. I love Cleveland Heights. There's There's an abundance of things in Cleveland Heights that we have to come to grips with. We have a lot of wildlife in Cleveland Heights. We do. We have, we have a lot. We have a lot. We have raccoons. We have deer, believe it or not, right inside of the city. We have a bunch of deer in Cleveland Heights. We have possum in Cleveland Heights, and they like to get into our trap. We have squirrels. We've had one squirrel that has intimidated my dog for years right there in Cleveland Heights. And unfortunately, we have a lot of mice in Cleveland Heights. We have a lot of rats. Here's the deal about Cleveland Heights. They're out there. They're not in here. See, they're outside because outside is where they belong. They're wildlife. They do what they do out there. They get in the trash out there. I'm not even mad at them because they do what they do. Don't be mad at the raccoon because he gets in the trash. He's just being a raccoon and he's eating. This is what being in Christ really means. Sin is out there. It's not in here. It's out there, but it's not in here. I don't have to let it in here. I don't need to create the conditions for sin to dominate me in here. It's out there. It's in my flesh. It's out there. And the baptism allows me to celebrate that reality. Glory to God. Paul wrote this to inform, to encourage, and to strengthen the faith of the believer. He's answering that question. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can ye which are dead to sin live any longer in it? He asked the question, didn't you know this? Well, the honest answer is no. That's my honest answer. I have to be honest. I didn't know 
the significance of water baptism. I didn't know that it initiated my relationship with God. I didn't know that it helped me to understand my relationship with God. I didn't know that it gave me a real picture of new life in Christ. I didn't know. That's why we reaffirm. That's why people reaffirm. Those of us who grew up in church situations, and I thank God for it, by the way. I thank God for all they taught me. I thank God for catechism. I thank God for all of it. I thank God that they drilled me on certain scriptures. I thank God. But for some of us, some of us who just did it because some of us were threatened with it. Boy, you better get baptized. You better get baptized. You're going to turn or burn. You're going to go right or get left. Y'all slow. Y'all got to catch up. You know, they scared us into the pool. They scared us in the pool. And then they argued about, do you get baptized in Jesus' name and they fire us on the Holy Ghost? Do you sprinkle or do you dip? And all the church people, all the religious people broke, broke into all these arguments and totally missed the point. That's why we reaffirm. Because now that we know, we know. Now, see, the good thing about preaching the word, the word to my preacher friend. See, when you preach your stuff, we got to figure out what your stuff means. But if you just preach the word, everybody gets to go back to these same scriptures in Romans 6, chapter 1 through 4, and read them for themselves and see what they get. I can go back to this truth and say, I, I see that. And I believe that. So we take the time to, to reaffirm and be thankful for our baptism. There are others who've believed on Christ, and for all kinds of reasons, never, they never got baptized. Some, listen, there was some teaching going on, and it, I mean, it's circular. If you've been around for a while, you, things kind of go in cycles. Well, you don't really need to be baptized at all. It's just water. Well, can I, can I be a little edgy with you? This is not your church. You don't get to make the, you are not the Lord. You don't get to make the rules. You know, I'm, I'm a contrarian. Some of you may have not, I'm a, I challenge stuff. They said, we're going to open the doors of the church. Number one, it ain't got no doors. And two, who are you to open them? <laughs> no, 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 no. Jesus said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And let him build his, and then you just serve in it. I'm going to let him build his church. I'm just going to serve in it. Cool. So I don't, I don't get to say what needs to be and what can't be. and what. No, 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 no. I don't get to do that. So, so, so somebody may have taught you out of it, but I'm telling you what Jesus said. Who is Lord, Jesus or your pastor? Who is Lord, Jesus or your denomination? Who is Lord? He has risen from the grave, and he is Lord. It's his church. And he said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So I want to encourage you today, if you haven't been baptized, now listen, we're going to get together. At some point, we will come back together. And it's going to be all the way live. It's going to be all like neck bones. It's going to be all the way live here at Garfield. And, and we're, going to, we're going to do it as a group in new tradition. We're going to build a whole new tradition. We're going to celebrate when we get baptized. But we ask you to get a basin of water just to, to reaffirm and remember your baptism. I'm going to lead you in a prayer here in a second. And I want you just to listen. I want you to make a praise party at your house. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got three minutes so I can get a little edgy again. Think about all the stuff that's going on at your house. Shh, don't tell nobody. Wow. Think about all the things you've done in your house. 
Think about it. Some of it has been great. Some of it not so great. But you're about to change the atmosphere in your home. You're about to make your home the place where worship really happens. Because that's where it really has to happen. If it, if it doesn't happen anyplace else, it has to happen at your address. And so in your home, with your cup of water, with your basin of water, I'm going to treat it like you're standing in front of me and we're going to believe on Jesus. Let me say something to you. The life that God promises us doesn't come just because we believe whatever we want to believe about Jesus. Demons believe on Jesus, but they're not saved. But you've got to believe that he is who he says he is, and he did what he said he did. He's a lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He, he's not just a cool cat with some good teaching. No, he's a lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. I believe that he died for me. I believe he was buried. And I believe he was raised for my justification. That is, he was raised so I could have a life and a relationship with God. I believe on Jesus. Romans says, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. I believe on Jesus. You don't have to be here to do that. You can do that right where you are. Do you know the deepest changes that happen in your life don't happen in crowded rooms? It happens in the quiet places of your heart. Where the Holy Spirit is where you are right now. The Holy Spirit is convincing you and telling you he is the Christ. He is the Christ. He is the Christ. God is exactly where you are. So right now, if you say with your mouth, I believe on Jesus. I believe he died for me. I believe he was raised on the third day so I could have a relationship with you, Father. And now I confess you as Lord of my life. Now we're going to go to the baptismal pool. It's very simple. Jesus says, go into all the world, teach our nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So even now, take the water that you have in Jesus' name and just bring it to your head in Jesus' name. This is just a commitment that when the opportunity arises, those of us who are reaffirming our baptism, we're doing this just to remember what Christ has done for for us. We baptize thee in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Name above all names. Right now. We baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I want to ask you to do something else. If you're listening, if you, if you feel so compelled, reach out. Let us know what's going on. Reach out. Let us know. Thank God for all this technology. Send a comment. This is what just happened to me. This is the decision I've made. I've reaffirmed my faith. I'm celebrating. I'm walking in new life. I'm a brand new man. Oh, I'm still, I'm still, I still weigh too much. I'm still a little bit too heavy, but I'm a brand new man on the inside. I'm brand new. I'm brand new. I'm brand new. Come on, reach out to us. We pray in Jesus' name. We're going to listen to some worship now, and then we'll come back and end our service. God bless you, and may heaven smile upon you.